Hello, and welcome to the Better Strangers podcast for January 16th, 2023. I'm doing something different today um, because this is, you're, you're actually joining me like 60 seconds into a new career. Like I literally just sat down with my coffee at my desk. Uh, I quit my job working at the local library last week, and uh, now I'm going to try and make a go of writing full-time, and by make a go, I mean not spend time like writing listicles and doing bullshit that I, I don't think is worth reading, <laughs> let alone worth writing. Um, so yeah, I've got kind of a big thing in front of me, and uh, a lot of this is going to be adjusting as we go along, and one of the first adjustments is I'm not going to do the podcast after this week. Um, I- I'd love to bring it back at some point, but right now it's just sort of me reading old articles, and I'm going to run out of that pretty quick, and I don't necessarily have the time to develop new content for it just yet because I don't know how to make podcasts. Um, So I still promised one for today, so I'm going to do one for today. And then next week, the Monday thing is going to actually be um, a column I've been sort of doing as part of my Friday thing called Book Rex. Uh, It's got a little picture of a dinosaur holding a book. Um, And I'm going to do different themes, uh, recommendations of different books on different themes each week. And I'm going to actually try and bring in a lot of guest writers. So if you have any interest in giving me lists like that, um, please let me know um, because we should all uh, read more books and tell each other the good books we've read. But for today, I wanted to do something different and kind of talk a little bit just about my experiences working at a public library for the past five years. You know, as as like a book lover, it's probably not that hard to figure out where I got my love of libraries from. Um, uh, My favorite book as a kid was from the mixed up files of Miss Basil E. Frankweiler, which if you haven't read it, is about two kids who go and stay overnight in a museum. They actually live in a museum um, as when they run away from their parents. Um, and I kind of, my dream would have been that, but in a library and some of the time that's what working in a library was, is it was just being around books. And especially if you got to be there first thing in the morning and all the lights were turned off and it was just, we had these gorgeous windows that were overlooking the river. Um, and so it would just be like all these books lit up by this just gorgeous view. And I would go and I'd have to like pull books off of shelves and like, you know, set them aside for people who are coming in. Um, that part of the job was like amazing and magical, but one of the other things I realized pretty quickly on into working there was that this was effectively, um, and no one there would call it this, I don't think, but it was almost like an activist job. Um, my master's degree is in human rights. And when I got it, I, there was one time I was at a border patrol and I was giving the guy my passport and he asked me what I was studying. And I said, human rights. And he was like, how's that even a thing? And I was like, yeah, well, it makes a lot of fucking sense that a fucking border patrol agent doesn't know what human rights are. But, you know, people frequently ask me like, well, what kind of jobs do you get with that? And the answer was not great ones or, you know, good ones, but ones that tend to burn you out, that tend to not pay super well, or that are like, you know, doing corporate social responsibility for, you know, some fucking awful corporation and you're just basically their whitewash. Um, So, you know, I kind of, I really enjoyed my degree, but I didn't get to use it. And I wish that when people were talking about what you could do with a human rights degree. I wish they had told me that a library was really the best possible place that you could work. Um, you know, libraries are the like foremost, they're the frontier of free speech protection in the United States. 
and um, you know we you know you get books challenged. I think something that's worth pointing out is everyone likes to moan about cancel culture right now, but the vast majority of books that are getting challenged tend to be about LGBTQ issues. Um, the number one book is a comic called Gender Queer by Maya Kababe, which we had on our shelves, and. Um, also, they tend to be heavily comics because with comics, you know, people are um, seeing what what is offensive to them. Uh, when it's in a book, they have to read the book, and most people who are the banned books types don't actually read the fucking books. So uh, the comics tend to get challenged a lot more. And, you know, and that makes it sound like, you know, when you say, oh, we're a bastion of free speech, that, that can have kind of like, for someone like me, it can have like creepy tones because people who like to whine about free speech tend to be the worst people in the country. Uh, trying to say the worst things. And libraries do protect, you know, there is still Bill O'Reilly and all of that shit on their shelves too. But one of the other things I found is that because libraries are supposed to be for everyone, they're open to everyone all of the time, um, so much more of it is focused on making the library more inclusive. So, you know, in our community, there's a lot of Spanish speakers. So we're trying to expand out our Spanish, Spanish collection and just our offerings in Spanish. Um, and then we had a really kind of like this, there was one program that our, our programming director ran called Let's Talk About Race, which tried to talk about racial issues. Um, you know, and so there, there really was an attempt to make it where it's, where it's inclusive and also allows anyone to get access to any information that they want, um, which is a tricky balance to kind of, to kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky to work that out, but it was still, it was still a really, it was amazing. It was just, you know, it was, it was pretty much everything that you that you learn about in human rights, you know, um, helping out the homeless, helping out um, people with access to, um, you know, I spent several days helping people get access to housing or health care um, because, you know, as you would expect, the bureaucracies which give out benefits have gotten harder and harder to navigate because they're trying to discourage people from actually using these benefits. And so, you know, a lot of the people, you know, if you're homeless, you don't know how to use a computer. And then they tell you, oh, if you want that, you need to use your email address to access, you know, access these benefits. And they're like, what the fuck's an email address? And so, you know, the librarians are the people who are shouldering the burden of, of that, you know, that attempt at violence against the, uh, against the poor people of the society by its, by its government. And, you know, so you spend a lot of time just helping people get what they need or helping them find information that they need, and you start to realize just how powerful that access to information really is. So, you know, that 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 was the thing that really, really I found to be fulfilling about that job, um, you know, that, that we were doing so much for the community. Oh, yeah, the other th I, I ran a sustainability program on climate. We ended up creating a seed library. We got funding to be, um, uh, it's called Communities Responding to Extreme Weather. And it, what we, you know, the idea was is that we were trying to make our library a place that people could come to if the power went out in the case of a hurricane because we're right on the Jersey Shore and that is very much a possibility. And also if it's really hot out, people to come in and cool down. If it's really cold out, people can come in and warm up. And, you, you know, that's another part of everyone being welcome always. You know, uh, anyone can come into a library and just be there. They don't have to pay for anything. And you'll occasionally get, like, a Karen coming in being like, that person smells or I don't like that they're talking to themselves. And it's like, yeah, you're, you can go home. You, know, you can go home. They can't. They don't have anywhere else to go. Um, so, you know, we, we really provided this place for anyone to be. Um, 
and you you know you start to get to know a lot of the the poorer people in your community, and you know you start to get to see just how much of a struggle that is for them. So you know that was that was the stuff that was really fulfilling about the job. Um, what was really hard was just how much <laughs> this society is falling apart right now. Um, you know, particularly when COVID hit and really over the past couple of years, there's been a lot of crises that I think COVID really amplified and aggravated. And, um, a lot of that is falling on libraries right now because since they're the only place that anyone can go, they are the only place that some people do go. And those, some people have major problems going on. Now that could be with addiction. That could be with mental health. That could be with, um, you know, their ability to find housing. It could be, you know, it could be with just them being kind of an asshole and this is the only place they can go to be an asshole to people at. Um, but you know, the library job was a lot more hardcore than I realized. And librarians are not trained to be social workers. Some, some libraries are, uh, trying to hire social workers, but libraries are also extremely poorly funded. Um, you know, they do an enormous amount with what, with what money they're given, but you know, it's hard to find money to hire a social worker because that is a, that is a, you know, professional role. Um, and so there were a lot of times we found ourselves having to deal with people who were probably at the low points of their lives. Um, you know, we, we you know, there, every librarian I've talked to has dealt with a overdose on on their, their library property. We fortunately uh, never had any deaths. We did have a lot of librarians who were trained in how to administer Narcan, which is the drug that um, can can stop an overdose from from um, uh, a heroin overdose from from stopping the lungs. Um, but you also have people who are having mental health breakdowns. You also have people who are just who just kind of you know are at the end of their rope and uh, you know they're they're trying to get access to to something and they can't get it and then they decide that you're a government worker so since they can't snap at the person who made this law they'll snap at you. Um, and that led to a lot of pretty scary situations for us. Uh, and it also, you know, it's, it's, it also could make you kind of go into work each day with kind of your, um, your backup just because you're not sure who you're going to be dealing with and what you're going to be dealing with. And so I put an enormous amount of LGBTQ stuff up on the comic section, uh, because that's for, you know, it also, it's, comics are typically seen as being geared towards young adult. I don't think this is necessarily true, but it's a good way to get information out to kids who might be struggling with their gender identity or with their sexuality and who don't necessarily want to pick up a giant book explaining that to them. Unfortunately, there are um, publications like The Nib, uh, which is a great comics, uh, political comics publication, has really focused on on promoting uh, a lot of um, LGBTQ artists. Um, actually, they're inclusive across the board. You really should give them a read. They're, 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 you can subscribe to them online, and they do a daily newsletter. They're, they're fantastic. They do like kind of like funny political comics and then in-depth stuff from a left-wing perspective, so it's not you know the dumbass shit you see in the newspapers. But, uh, you know, I, I wrote about us doing a drag queen story hour uh, earlier this year. and Or not earlier this year, it would have been last year or last summer and during Pride Month. Um, it was a completely benign event, um, but 
it got uh, you know the right wing media people got a hold of it and they um, sicked the um, the local the local Nazis on us. Um, it ended up not being a ton of people coming up to protest us. We were worried about more, um, but you know they're shouting at parents who are bringing their kids in for a story time and calling them pedophiles. Um, and you know we after after a pretty pretty rough first first one of these events, we um, you know we kind of got uh, we got some some press coverage about it, and then we got an enormous number of allies who just showed up at the library and basically stood on the front porch and like you know with um, you know, signs like hate is a drag and stuff like that, that, you know, kind of to counterbalance the, uh, the shitheads, uh, which, which was cool. But, you know, it was also kind of like, it was just a frightening experience because you've got, you know, I might vote, you know, I had one of my kids attending each of these events. Um, so they're down there in the room with, you know, with these far right, basically, you know, we, we knew, you know, we knew who they were. Thanks to a local Antifa blog who published their names and what group they're with. We knew they were with, um, with a, with like an, uh, you know, kind of a neo-fascist group. And, um, you know, that type of stuff is, is frightening. And it's, it's one of the things that makes libraries a, um, you know, such kind of like a target, um, in, in times where there are these groups that are actually kind of ascendant, you know, we're lucky in that our, um, our police station in town was very much on our side. I know that that was not the case in other places, especially down south, where they would like invite like Proud Boys into the room with these children, um, which is fucked. But like, uh, you know, we we were lucky in that we had the support of the vast majority of our community, and most of the people who were protesting us came from outside the community. But you know, this is you know. It, as a straight white man, I don't frequently have to face up to that sort of fear. Um, and, you know, it's it's jarring when I do. And then you realize, like, oh, like, you know, my friends who aren't straight white men have to deal with this shit all the time. So, you know, there's a lot that's really hard about library work, too. And I don't think that people understand quite the extent to which their library is out on the wall for them. And how much it's doing for their local community. You know, I, so much of us, uh, so many of us got to this point where I think we were just ordering our books through Amazon and we were getting it all delivered right there that we stopped going to the library and start, stopped seeing what, what they're doing. And they really are, you know, doing an enormous amount for your community. And they really are the only place that certain things that a community has to have. Otherwise people, like die and over like you know there are people like because they had a place to go on a cold day didn't die there are people who because they had a place to go but weren't allowed to be shooting up while they were in there didn't overdose because there was a library um the the sociologist eric klinenberg calls libraries palaces to the people um and you know and a lot of librarians will comment on like the fact that these exist is wild like you know if they didn't exist they long before capitalism they they wouldn't exist now because they're antithetical to this entire system even though they do manage to get like a paltry amount of government funding so i I mean i really got to tell you if you're not using your library um please go check it out uh they probably have programming you would be interested in we did a massive digital literacy lab where we would basically taught elderly people to how to use computers um we did programming on climate on race on food Um, we did exercise programs, we did meditation programs, we did story times for kids, uh, at least twice a week. 
Um, all sorts of, you know, if you, especially if you have kids, if you're not using your library, you are out of your mind. Um, but, you know, go check it out. Look up, look up what your local library is. Go see what it is because the, the stuff that they're doing is, is probably going to blow you. Some of them do tool libraries. If you haven't heard of, the, of a tool library, it's literally if you don't have the tool, you just go to the library and they just give it to you. You just get take the tool, you go home, you know, you hammer in the nail, and then you bring the hammer back. It's, you know, that that type of thing. That wasn't at ours. That was that one's a big a big investment. But, um, you know, a lot of places have stuff like that. They have seed libraries where you can, you know, get out any seeds that you want for free and go plant them in your yard for free and grow your own food. Um, yeah, go go to your local library. Go to your local library. Please support it. What they're doing right now is probably the only thing that's keeping keeping anyone afloat. Um, uh, not anyone, but a lot of people afloat. And uh, you know, also look at all the co- other cool stuff that they have, like the digital resources and things like that. The libraries are truly one of the best places in our community. And I am sad to no longer be working at one. I'm also a little happy to no longer be working at one because I uh, can get up and first thing in the morning just. Um, do a podcast or <laughs> work on my books, but you know, uh, it's not often that people are graced with a job that is meaningful and, uh, library, library work. I was never a librarian cause I didn't get the degree, but library work, um, is some of the most meaningful work I've ever done. And if you are looking for a way to become active in your community, that doesn't involve, you know, a get out the vote volunteering for the Democratic Party type thing, which you may or may not have some ambivalence towards. Um, if you're not willing to stomach that, maybe go to your library and see what they're doing. And even if it's a bunch of old ladies who are talking about doing a fundraiser, uh, just know that th- those funds go towards like programming and towards things in the library that like, you know, actually do really help local people. Um you know, and they do it without uh, without an ideology, except for you know, information should be available to everyone, spaces should be available to everyone, and um, this should be a safe space for literally anyone who walks through the doors and doesn't try to give other people a hard time. So, uh, please. Go support your local library, volunteer at your local library. Um, if you are looking for a thing to do, I would highly suggest working at your local library. Will not say that the pay is great. It also doesn't have to be terrible, depending on the place. Um, but it really, really, really is a worthwhile place um, to spend your time at and to put your money into and to put your time into. Um, so that's all I'm going to say for this week. Um yeah, welcome, welcome to the new era of Better Strangers. I've got a lot of changes coming up uh, that I'm really excited about, um, and uh, I'm not totally sure how this is all going to play out, but I hope to be reporting on some some really cool local New Jersey stuff soon, uh, which I'm going to do hopefully a separate kind of um, vertical. If you don't only want certain things from my newsletter, you can actually pick and choose which of the kind of the verticals you subscribe subscribe to. Um, I'm going forward going to have uh, the book recs, which is just the book recommendations, um, the column each week, which will go out on Wednesday, um, and uh, the then hopefully at some point I will be doing. Right now, it's the Jimble Jamble, which is just kind of like, you know, a bunch of cool stuff I came across that week. Um, But 
uh, eventually that will hopefully be a uh, actually a local New Jersey style blog where I'm reporting on stuff that that is you know going on in New Jersey that I think is interesting and which you will hopefully think is interesting too, even if you don't live in New Jersey. Um, but uh, so yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, this is Better Strangers. If you haven't, go ahead and subscribe down in the uh, it's it's going to be at the bottom of the the posts that you got this in your your inbox with. Um, and uh, I'll keep doing the audio for the weekly column, so that part of the podcast isn't going to end, and I very much hope that this part comes back soon where we actually uh, can, where I can have discussions with cool people and do cool stuff. So have a great week. I hope your New Year's going amazing, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>